podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The batters were making so many runs that the authorities were terrified it was ruining the game. All the pitches had suddenly become great for batting and the bowlers were seemingly irrelevant. In one match, a team made a score of 811 runs. In another, 887. The biggest hit ever recorded was made and the MCC knew it had to do something or the game would be ruined by power hitting forever. This all got so bad that cricket tried to end boundaries. And that happened at Lords in 1900 with the help of a two to three foot net. Cricket has a reputation for being a conservative sport of never trying anything new. Not only is that complete nonsense, but I think it is part of the reason that people actually fear good change in the sport. But in truth, there have been many different things tried. And of course there has been. This sport is old as hell. And so in this game and others like it, what they were going to try and do was improve the sport. Stop me if you've heard this before, but because batters were getting way too powerful, bat technology had given them better technology, and the pitches were getting better, it made it easier for some sloggy techniques to get some runs by just hitting the ball hard. So the MCC's idea was to put up a net that only gave you two extra runs if the ball hit it, but you still also had to run. And I'm not really sure they thought this through, but I think in their minds they believed that it would make for graceful shot making that would take over heaves and that proper batters would have their day. The great Arthur Shrewsbury pulled out of the first game, not because he was a slogger. He made 26,000 first class runs. He was legit. But he pulled out because he was 44 years old and he probably worked out that these playing conditions would mean an awful lot more running for him. In fact, when Nottinghamshire made 249 in the first innings, the real victims weren't the bowlers, but the fielders. As for the first time in cricket, every single ball had to be chased at full speed. After years of faffing around with obvious law changes that helped the gentlemen stay in the game, in designing the boundary net, the MCC actually made cricket a game for younger, more athletic professionals. And that is probably why we don't have boundary nets today. This is Double Century, the podcast on the history of cricket. This season, we wanted to visit some of the weirdest stories in our game. Cricket has a unique ability to meld itself into different cultures, even outside of sport, and produce wild tales. So this season, we will include theatre, sausages, dogs, and perhaps the most famous disability match ever played. But this episode is when cricket tried to kill boundaries. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. What if your life story was a podcast? Would it be a comedy or a thriller? Whatever genre, State Farm is there for your what ifs. To keep your life story from becoming a mystery. Because when you've got questions, they've got answers. 24-7, you can file a claim on the State Farm mobile app or simply give your agent a call. It's how insurance plays a supporting role in your story. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Visit statefarm.com for a quote today. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. I think we need to fully explain what this trial was. I think you already understand that there was 
a net around the ground and it was two to three feet high. And the idea was that any ball becoming lodged in that net, you would get two additional runs to the ones that you would run instead of just getting four automatically. And any hit clearing the net would get three in total. It seemed like it was the sixes that really bothered them the most. But think about it this way. A perfectly struck straight drive down the ground into the members would be worth three, but an edge past second slip's hand could be worth five. And the sixes are important because in this game was Albert Trott. And if that name is familiar, it's because he was one of the few cricketers to ever play tests for more than one team. But if it's really familiar, it's the fact that he's the man who allegedly hit the ball over the pavilion at Lords that I referred to at the beginning of this podcast. That would actually happen a year before this and was probably part of the reason they were bringing it in at all. And whether that story of that hit is completely true or not, it doesn't matter. Two things do matter. One is that we are still talking about Trot's hit because, wow. And if he played that shot in this game where he allegedly hit the ball 164 metres, he would have only got three runs for it. And weirdly enough, the trial law that was aimed at stopping players like him didn't work because in the second innings after the MCC were asked to follow on, laws which had also just been changed, Trot would score 53 runs without a traditional boundary to his name. But before Trot had even batted in that second innings, people at the ground had already had their say. When the MCC made 111 for 9 on day 2, on what was thought to be a pretty good batting deck, people were already starting to turn against this idea. Certainly the press were. The evening standard said fives were fairly plentiful and fours were scored with the old frequency, but this innovation is hardly likely to be favoured by crickers as it tells perhaps against even more the fielding sides. The Times said the experiment has failed, the news system thoroughly exposed. The Guardian laid into it as well. And the biggest problem comes back to basically what I was saying before about the perfect shots and the edges. But I'm going to explain that in a slightly different way. I want you to imagine that you've got an inside and an outside edge and it's gone down towards the net and it's got stuck. You might be able to run four or five runs for that. Now I want you to imagine that you've played a perfect cut shot past the point. You might only get three runs for that. And the reason is where we put fielders in cricket. If you have someone out towards the point boundary already, it's not that far for them to run and get that ball. Whereas the slip fielders or the wicketkeeper or even the fine leg might have to come around a long way to get one of those edges. And no one really has an issue with the perfectly played cut shot being the same amount of runs as the edge. We kind of understand that those things happen in cricket. But why would you suddenly want an edge to be regularly worth more than a perfectly executed shot into a gap? And it gets so much worse, of course. How about the fact that they didn't actually tell the players in the first trial game exactly what the law was? So when the ball first hit the net, some players thought that the runs up until that point counted, but no more. So they just walked off to get the ball. Whereas others thought that you could keep running until the keeper had the ball. And that happened to be the correct interpretation. But it would have been nice if they told the players that beforehand. There was also complaints from the fans who liked to sit around the boundary edge because they now had to sit with a net in front of their view. And what about the most important people, the rich amateurs who run the game? Well, on the 10th of May, the MCC went up against Sussex, who had eight professionals in their team. Now, let me tell you, in this period, no team had eight professionals. That was way more professionals than usual. The landed gentry were not going to be picking up balls from the nets as the professionals ran hard behind them. That was never going to happen. The MCC did actually change the trial later on to make it six runs if you hit the ball out of the ground and five if it was over the net. But even if that was going to be a good idea, by this point, the net trial was so toxic that no one wanted to hear about it. 
But the MCC kept shooting themselves in the foot as well. Like they had the wicket way too far to one boundary for a trial match. And so people kept hitting the ball to the other side of the ground where they were picking up sixes and sevens with ease. It might have been one of the few times in cricket history that hitting to the long side of the ground was favoured. And by the fifth trial match, things got completely out of hand. Samuel Wood scored 10 runs off a single ball thanks to the net and overthrows. And it was quite clear that this couldn't go on. The net actually stayed up for the whole season, but it just became a regular boundary. Oh, and just on the Samuel Wood thing, you might be thinking that 10 runs is the most ever scored from one ball in cricket. It is not. In a club game in Melbourne of 1991, Gary Chapman hit a ball into long grass and it got lost. So he and his partner, Borry, ran 17 runs. In fact, according to Chapman, they ran, walked, and finally staggered their way there, calling out each number of run as they completed it. And that was the mark as it once stood in the Guinness Book of Records. To this day, I'm unsure if it has been beaten by anyone. But I only know about it because, weirdly enough, Gary Chapman was the librarian at my primary school. And when I think of the 10 and the 17 runs from the two balls, in one case, you have Chapman and Borry completing 17 runs as a panic fielding side trying to find a ball in long grass. That actually sounds like more fun than the Lord's Net trial ever was. Oh, and one last thing about the Samuel Wood 10. That came in the fifth trial match. And thankfully, the last ever of its kind. So if you're a club cricketer who loves to slog and doesn't like running that much or fielding every single ball like it's the most important thing in the world, you can thank the MCC for coming up with a system so stupid that you and your kind are still given your fours and sixes. And when the ball goes past the boundary, you can just walk after it as lazily as possible. Thanks for listening to Double Century. This podcast was made entirely possible by our supporters at Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Double Century is a podcast narrated, produced, and co-written by me, Jared Kimber. Abhishek Mukherjee is the main writer, and Nick McCorriston edits, mixes, and co-produces the show. Sports Social Podcast Network.